0: Hello, and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on another cloudy day in the capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today we're joined by Professor Kevin Hardy of St. Helens and Knowlesley Teaching Hospitals NHS Trust, who will be joining our conversation on leadership. We always ensure that we have two distinct perspectives on the leadership, and so today we'll also be joined later in the program by Sir Jeff Hurst. However, first and foremost, we're joined by Professor Kevin Hardy, Medical Director of St Helen's Helens-Nosley Teaching Hospitals NHS Trust. Kevin, hello. Hello, Matt. Well, why don't we dive right in? Firstly, what does the word leader mean to you? Um,
1: I think I think a leader is uh, is many things and you know people people sometimes say, you know, what what what, what characterizes a good leader and I think that in essence, that, you, that there's a, a range of um, characteristics and qualities, and it's about bringing the right ones to bear at the right time. Um, I think a leader is a good listener.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think a leader is a good communicator. Mm-hmm. If, if I had to summarize, I to say, a leader is a person who drinks a lot of coffee, not to stay awake, <laughs> but I think that by, uh, by uh, sitting down with people and having a coffee, you can resolve most things and, and keep people on track.
0: So it seems like the key is lead uh, in leadership is communication. Yes. All right. So why don't we uh, move on to what is your personal leadership style?
1: Um, as I say, I think um, you know this this question crops up quite a lot um, in leadership courses that I've done or led, and and I think really that that it's very much a question of flexing your style to the context. Um, mm-hmm. so um, I certainly believe in inspirational leadership and I'd like to think that that uh, that I have over the years been able to uh, inspire a few people to do a few notable things um, I also um, firmly believe in distributed leadership I don't think that that um, a single person um, can achieve very much on their own you're always part of a team and that the more that you can involve other people the more involved they are
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, people, um, I've been on many, leadership, I've been on many uh, leadership and change workshops over the years and almost every time somebody will say something to the effect that, um, that people don't like change and resist it. And I, I must say I fervently disagree. I think that people don't like externally imposed change that affects them and over which they feel they have no control. But in my experience, if we involve and empower people from the outset, uh, and it does need to be from the outset, and keep them involved, then they drive the change. And along the way, (laughs) they tend to think of a whole lot of things that you haven't. So I think early involvement of other people and listening.
0: So very much leadership by consent. Yes. Well, what leaders inspire you and why?
1: Um, You know, it's interesting. For for many years, um, I I was, and in fact currently am, on the uh, Northwest Leadership Academy board of the NHS, and we've been very lucky that we've had um, many inspiring leaders from around the world come and come and talk to us. Um, and I've, I've often been impressed by by their story and and how they did great things. Um, but one of the people that impressed me the most was um, when it was at the National Leadership Day in London, and. Um, He basically said, oh, the the way I lead is um, I have lunch. And he basically said, I I stand in the lunch queue each day with my tray, and I talk to people. He said, there'll be people there who um, have problems, and if I can't, I try and fix them. I tell them I'll fix them, and then I fix them. And if I can't, I explain to them why I can't fix them. And um, that that really resonated with me, and I I found that more appealing than many of the the, uh, elaborate theories of leadership, if you
0: will. So a very personalized approach to leadership, reading the situation. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So why don't we adapt uh, as we will? Uh, so if you could objectively choose the greatest leader, living or dead, who would that be?
1: Sorry, I, I, you broke up a bit there and I didn't catch the second part of that. The greatest if, you leader. Could choo-
0: if you could choose the greatest leader, living or dead, who would it be?
1: Um. A bit of a cliche, but I think I'd go for Winston Churchill. Yes,
0: yes. And why? Think, why um, Churchill?
1: Yeah, I think he was the right person at the right time. I think, you know, in in another situation, he maybe wouldn't have been a great leader. But what the country required at that point was somebody who was very clear what we needed to do mm-hmm. and was very clear articulating it. And whilst I'm no expert on Churchill, you know, I, I sort of understand that those brilliant speeches that he delivered were actually incredibly well rehearsed, mm. um, and they they inspired us. Inspired a nation. He he would be my my greatest leader. I think.
0: So, what sort of um, Churchillian um, attributes would you say have filtered into your leadership style?
1: <laughs> I'm not sure I can be that grandiose as to claim any <laughs> any of uh, Churchill's wonderful leadership. Um, I, I think. Um, I think actually being able to stand up in front of a group of people and inspire them to do things um, is is very important in a leader. Um, And I think that's about being open, Mm -hmm. being honest. And um, it it sounds almost strange when you talk about great leaders, but being humble.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, what is your advice to the next generation of emerging leaders?
1: Um, I think it's to um, first and foremost, listen. I think it's to be clear um, what you consider to be important and to consider what everybody else uh, thinks is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to sort of um, stick dog, dog fastly to, to what you believe in. I think that, that sort of what's important is to create a culture, and we do this by how we behave and what we reward and what we consider unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And that if you're very clear about those things, then um, people will, sort of the culture shift. And, and people will, will, will follow you and believe in you. I think if you're inconsistent or, or you don't listen, um, then um, very often you lose people along the way.
0: Well, I'm, I'm afraid that is uh, all we have time for today. Uh, Kevin, it's been an absolute pleasure discussing leadership with you. I very much look forward to working with you again in the future. Thanks, Max. Thank you, Kevin. Well, that was Professor Kevin Hardy of St. Helens and Knowsley Teaching Hospitals NHS Trust. And now joining us is Jonathan White with Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, we're now
3: joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat trick in a World Cup final, Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, thank you very much for coming on today.
2: Uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon.
3: Was this a man that genuinely inspired confidence uh, the first time you'd meet him?
2: Absolutely. I mean, he, he was simply a, a fantastic uh, coach or teacher, if you like, at, at football. And uh, they quite always mention, when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp, who um, was played under mm-hmm. him and has been very successful as a player and the manager over many, many, many years. He um, He's come across many coaches, of course, and managers during his time over fifteen years, I guess Uh, about eight months older than me, he graduated through the system probably three or four years earlier and played for England in sixty two four years before the final when I played and so he he was more looked at it, upon him more as a senior player, if you like, not as a, a guy in with the same age group as me and I looked at how he how he uh trained how he acted how he behaved and how he played and so he he would say i would also say he was a big influence on me. they were people that Alf didn't think wanted to be part of a group. Um, so that that's, that's for me. In terms of my personal view, I think that it looked prior to the um, World Cup that I was going to be playing um, in it only a few games before I was I was playing, and I played with the Immigrés in the game against Yugoslavia only a couple of months before the final. And it looked at that stage as if I was going to be
3: uh, well, you want me I I can tell if you if
2: you want. You got time? I can tell I could, you. if You want
3: Jeff? Go on. Go. On. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay, so I was uh, doing a, a at a
2: dinner in, in the Channel Lions, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, uh, guest of honour. Mm-hmm. this occasion, I was speaking for about twenty minutes, then allowing uh, questions from the audience at the end of the evening, and there was, there was a football questions, and then all of a sudden, I heard a uh, somebody at the back who